It just collapsed. All the world was right. How could I have known that you'd ever say goodbye?
clear, sunny, bright day as it was in Florida that morning. And we had gotten on a plane and had went down to Florida for what was considered a, a jump trip, a few hours, and, and you were back. And, uh, well, did we know that, that that morning everything would change when we were walking into the school building uh, so that the president could read to the kindergartners there in the classroom. I want to say hello to everybody. I am the political superman on behalf of Ragtag Radio. We'd like to thank you and welcome you to this 9-11 edition of Ragtag Radio. Uh, we're going to talk some politics tonight. We're going to talk some politics around 9-11. Um, I'd heard before the recording started some people talk about these uh, assholes, and that's pretty much what they are, are assholes that think this was an inside job. And uh, we're, we're even going to touch on that. Um, one of you out there that's part of the moderator crew, somebody get Green Bean on the phone, on the line. She really wanted to participate in this one, so somebody reach out to her and let her know we started an hour late and that it's our 9-11 okay. edition, if y'all don't mind. Um, this is Ragtag Radio. This is 9-11-2018. And for part of the program, we're going to talk about where we were on 9-11 and some of the lessons that we took away from it. And I'll start with each person. We'll come around, and then I'll kind of um, tell my story, although many, many have heard my story. And... Uh, but uh, anyway, that's that's kind of what we're going to be doing this evening. Um, and let me just tell you, I'm not in any mood for the people that like to hack these programs. I will not tolerate it uh, this evening because this evening is about this particular issue and this particular issue alone. Uh, later on when we talk about you know some of the theories out there about 9-11, I'm okay with everybody talking about them uh, in a respectful tone. If you make fun of my president that was the president that day, um, you're out of here. And I don't care if you're my best friend in the world, you're out of here. Um, I saw that man uh, throughout that day and the several days after, and to hell with all of y'all that have anything negative to say about what he did, because I guarantee you there ain't none of you that could have done that job. And that's me included, and I consider myself to be the political superman, and I wouldn't have wanted to be president that day. Just pure and simple, knowing that I was going to have to put 18, 19-year-old young men and women in harm's way because of a bunch of little thugs, Saudi Arabian assholes, want to fly planes into towers and buildings. Um, now, having said that, Actually, we're going to let's do it differently. We'll talk the politics first of it, and then we'll do we'll we'll end the show on a on a note of of remembrance and respect. So, um we're going to start out with I saw on TV this morning a news report ironically coming from CBS talking about what children are being taught in the classroom. Uh, when it comes to 9-11. And uh, I'm only going to pick one part of it because it infuriated me to no end to hear it described this way. But one teacher in Michigan said that one of the things that she's seen as 9-11-01 moves further and further away is the profiling of Islam and how it is finally beginning to subside after the, quote, event, end quote. Now, maybe I took it wrong. Maybe I misunderstood wow. it. Maybe okay. I'm just over-reading it. But the slaughter of 3,000 innocent people is not a, quote, event, end 
suffered as a result of it, well, if I may be so bold, they damn well deserve to suffer. Walk like a duck, talk like a duck, quack like a duck, damn well duck. Okay? And I've had this discussion with multiple people. Who are most likely people to hijack airplanes? Muslims. Who are most likely to come across our borders illegally? Hispanics. Most likely to commit the gun crimes in the United States? Black people. So if it requires some racial profiling, then if it walks like a damn duck, talks like a damn duck, guess what? It's a damn duck. And that's just the way it is. People don't have to like it, but that's the way it is. And so I was listening to some of the kids uh, that brought some of the kids on to talk about what they were being taught and what they thought about 9-11. And this high school student, um, 16, 15, she goes, oh, it was just a bad day for my parents. No. Really? No, it, it wasn't just a bad day for your parents. It was a bad day for a nation. It was a bad day for a way of life. Does anybody know that because of that day, we can't go into our nation's capital and enter those buildings freely like we should be able to? We can't go to national monuments and be free to do the things that, as Americans, we should be able to do. We're not able to go into an airport and get on a plane without a ton of hassle because of these people. And, yeah, people just don't want to get me started on this one because I will get all fire fired up. So has anybody seen anything today during the 9-11 tributes or the talking heads talking about it that make you just kind of scratch your head and go, um, history doesn't tell the story that way? Well, I was just starting to tell them about um, – before you came on, about what Joe Scarborough had written an op-ed in Washington Post. And the last Um, paragraph... I'm sorry. We can't... We're having a hard time understanding you. Can you hear me now? No? I'm sorry. Can't hear you. Do me a favor. Try to call back in when you can have a better signal. All right. Anybody else? Okay. Everybody's real quiet tonight. I'm in a somber mood. Um, And I know everybody's in mute. That's probably a really good thing because if I wasn't in a somber mood, I'd be in one more like yours. Um, because it's not that I'm you sound angry, I understand. Because of the three things that you mentioned, they can all be fixed with appropriate action. And here's what I mean by that. You mentioned black-on-black crime. Well, if the black community ever decides to address that and deal with it, instead of blaming everybody else, then maybe they may get somewhere. That's number one. You know, the first thing you got to do is look in the mirror if you want change. That's that's number one. Number two, the Hispanics and crossing the borders and the Middle Easterners blowing up our planes. You know, all I got to say is there's some things that can fix that too. It's called assimilation if you're here illegally. If you're not here illegally, then by God, if you're not going to assimilate, leave. Because nobody's coming into our country and changing it from what it's always been for the last 240 years. And the reason I'm in a somber mood is because I'm saddened, deeply saddened, that we haven't gotten further along in the 240 years than where we are today. And it's because of political correctness. That's all I got to say. 
Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you okay. too. All right. I was starting to say earlier that Joe Scarborough had written an op-ed in the Washington Post today. In the last paragraph, he said that President Trump the way he's handling this country is worse than the terrorists on 9-11. Can't tell you on Twitter, he is being slammed left and right because he insulted the memory of 2,977 people. He insulted the American people. It doesn't matter that day. I don't think that day we turned around and said, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you independent? No. We were all Americans that day. His hatred for President Trump runs so deep that he had to make it about himself. He couldn't let it go till tomorrow or the next day. No, he had to take today, of all days, to take a cheap shot that's a president. It was representative. Joe Scarborough of Morning with Joe and Mika. Oh, well, Joe Scarborough um, and Mika are inconsequential. They think they're supposed to give us the narrative. We're not supposed to have minds of our own. No, but I mean, for him to come out and say that today, I mean, you know... Well, he made a fool of himself, kind of like Spartacus did. Because the fact is, the speech that the president gave today in Pennsylvania was eloquent. It was fabulous. And if there's anything that he said today that stuck with me more than anything else in that entire speech, it was that nobody is going to bring tyranny to the United States. That's right. He was actually breaking up. He was choking up when he was talking, too. I mean, because I'm sure that he lost friends that day in Twin Towers. And, uh, you know, I... I, New York City. Yeah. Yeah. It was there. I know. It happened. I know. I I developed PTSD from it. And I don't even live there anymore. I mean, it was just a horrible day that I can sit down and still cry about. Oh, I've had tears I'm, running off all day. I, I actually yeah. heard a, a a released audio of the 911 system. And it, the aircraft, yeah. tap, I guess it was the air traffic control the tower, you know, all yeah. of them that were dealing with it at the time that it was occurring. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, it, and then in, they, they intermixed the people that called home and left messages because they knew they were dying. And that yeah. one about did me in. That one about really did me in today. I know. I was working at the VA that day on evenings and it was so ironic that this is when I was still listening to MSNBC before they decided to go off the rails and I woke up just as the plane hit the first tower. I got up to got a glass of water and I sat back down on the bed, the edge of the bed and I thought I was watching a movie. Like many people have said, they thought they were watching a movie. And then to realize the horror that was happening. I mean, it, it was just, I panicked because my brother was a salesman at the time and flew a lot. I didn't know where he was. I finally got a hold of him. He was luckily in Vegas at the time of the convention. But when we got to work that day, uh, being a government facility, it was on lockdown, complete lockdown. I mean, all non-essential personnel was sent home. The only person, people that were there were medical personnel. And we were given a callback list. 
that, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know if it was going to happen again. So, you know, we had a disaster list that we had to, you know, adhere to. And somebody called you, you in turn called somebody else. And, you know, we all had to show up. So it was a very, very scary. I think I think the thing that hit me most that day is when we went out for a break and it was dead silence. There were no planes because where we were in Murfreesboro, you could hear the planes going into Nashville. You could hear nothing. It was dead silence. It was just so surreal. And, you know, something I hope I never have to relive again. Anybody there? I'm here. Hello. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, that on that day, I had just flipped on my computer and was uh, watching uh, it load and start to work. And my brother was staying with me at the time because he was... Uh, dying and he walked into the room and he said I don't mean to interrupt your work day I was doing contract work at home at the time he said but uh I thought you might want to know that the World Trade Center's just been had a plane a plane fly into it and I I said do what <laughs> he had to repeat it three times to me and I immediately got up out of my chair walked away from my desk sat down on my couch, turned on the news, and that's where I sat until the Pentagon was hit. And it was then, I mean, I still didn't want to believe it when the second tower was hit. I don't know why. I know that I knew that we were under attack. But when they hit the Pentagon, I thought, I immediately thought about all the planes that are in the air to take off every day. I didn't think that they would stop all of them, ground all of them like they did. I didn't know that they were going to do that. It hadn't been announced that they were going to do that. And the minute I heard about the Pentagon, I called my daughter at her job and I said, I really know that you probably won't do this, but I just needed to hear your voice. And if there's any way you can come home for the day, that's what I would prefer. Because she was still living at home. And all I knew is that I just wanted my kid with me. Because yeah. none of us knew what was going to go, how many times it was going to happen, or how many planes are, you know, were going to drop out of the sky, yeah. or where. Right. And especially after the one hit in Pennsylvania. I mean, I, that's all I cared about was just being with the people that I love. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all did. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. Every time I watch the the whether it's the TV specials on the History Channel or the different videos that they have on the internet, every time I watch one of those and I see the fallout from those buildings collapsing, which, by the way, my brother, God rest his soul said when once the first plane was hit that that building will never stand and when the second one was hit he said both of them are going down and the third thing he said was we need to fly to the middle east and make a cat box out of that place <laughs> and there's a big part of me that felt the same way that day so for any people that might have an islamic or muslim background or middle eastern background I want them to get my heart if they're listening into this program. I want them to hear my words. I wanted to make a cat box out of your home. And the only reason, the only reason that I wouldn't wouldn't go for it is because that's where Israel is. But the rest of y'all, if you don't get, you know, if you look at the fallout from those buildings collapsing, that's what the Middle East looks like. Yeah. It's as war-torn as New York City was on 9-11. Well, 
you know, that's why they're coming here. We had made a cat box out of it until Obama took over. Well, according to uh, a radio interview that I heard today from Senator Cruz, they have all but eliminated a lot of the the, uh, the ISIS control over towns over there. So, uh, you know, I mean, I have to trust my leader. And I do trust that what they're doing through the president and through the vice president and through Congress that they're trying to at least take care of this issue. But when you've got people that are in leadership positions in states that are fighting it, there's a problem. There is a big yeah. problem. And, and and how we're going to address it, the only way we're going to fix it, it's not from having shows like this where we can all vent and talk about our frustrations. What it's going to take is it's going to take people standing up and being willing to to Speak back about it and tell them that they are wrong, dead wrong, and then explain to them, the, the thunderheads, why they're wrong. That's what well, it's going to take. I, so I know there was a school out in the Midwest. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was in Wisconsin, Minnesota, or someplace. That they tore down the 9-11 memorial because we don't want to hurt the feelings of the Muslims. And I wrote back and I said, you fool. I said it was the damn Muslims who took the damn buildings down. You're worried about their feelings? Pull your head out. Uh, but all this, we don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, I even have a friend in London, and I love her dearly. And I can't bring up the subject of Muslims to her because, of course, they're overrun in London anyway. But he says, I know a lot of good Muslims, and they're very nice. I said, that's what I want you to think, Linda. That's yeah. their MO. You ever trust them with no. Kekia? <laughs> That's always a test that they fail. Uh-huh. You got a you got a Muslim for mayor of London. How many attacks do you have? You got a prime minister. I don't know what the hell she's doing, but there are twenty three thousand sleeper cells in the UK, and they don't. You're breaking up, Barbara. Yeah. You're breaking up, Barbara. All right. Anybody else want to share their 9-11 story of where they were? Okay. Now everybody's breaking up.
she's there. What? What? What's going on? What's going on? I said the Twin Towers, the second one was just hit. All I got was dead silence. One of the employees there at Comcast, the call center, his brother worked in one of the Twin Towers, and he could not reach him. And mm. from that point on, I was a total mess. Trying to find an American flag, car flag, that day was impossible. So what I did, I went to Walmart, got some felt paper, different colors, got red, white, and blue, made the stars, the stripes, glued it all together, and put that in my car. So that I was carrying a flag, an American flag, in my car. And I can't say anymore because I'm getting ready to cry now. All right. Anybody else want to share? Barbara's saying she's calling and it won't let her back in. That's weird because it did clear up. I not let her back in because I kicked her out twice. <laughs> Poor thing. She has more trouble with her phones. Well, she's she's out in East Bumble Flip. Oh, is that it? Bumble Flip. I have to say that's what's <laughs> But I like it. We call it BFE. Well, I would have said bum fluffed Egypt too, but it's bum fluffed. She says she's called in five times and I won't let her back in. <laughs> well, tell her we always allow people to listen online. Is she the way she can hear online? Go they to were... the chat. Okay. Let me just say go to the chat. <gasps> She's in the chat room. Well, I'm glad okay. I got my landline because it does a good job for me. I mean, my cell phone does too, but... I don't have any trouble with the connections on this. So let's discuss Alex Jones. Must we? Any? You must want to talk about uh, conspiracy theories, huh? Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna address a few of them because there's there's a few out there that, that. as much as I hate to, to use the term, but probably could gain some traction if it weren't for some of the people that's putting it forward. Yeah. So there is one that I've heard most common that the CIA went in and put in explosives <sighs> days before the towers fell. And that with the way the buildings fell, they fell as if there was an implosion instead of an explosion. And yeah, I'm not buying it. Going back and looking at some of the videos, looking at some of the videotape, I. I could see where some people could think that that an implosion happened and that, you know, explosives were were done. I could see where it can be thought of that way. Well, you know, one I had heard that was even more compelling months ago, and this is going back months ago, 
I had seen a video that was online and where they talked about how um, it was a, they they had dealt with people that were aviators, okay, guys that had played fly the big commercial jets, and there were there are those that have said that it would be impossible for somebody like that to fly so accurately into those buildings. Well, I don't know. At that low of an altitude, et cetera. If you look at how, I don't know. I'm inclined to disagree with that because I know a fighter pilot that said to me at the time, that uh, if you look at how the first plane hit, the first plane did not hit perfectly. The second plane was a lot closer on than the first one. But um, I made it back in. Anyway, uh, I have heard I have heard that I've heard the implosion theory. I've heard Bush did it so that he could go to war in the Middle East over oil. I'm yeah. he wanted to go to war. He didn't have to do that. There um, on History Channel after the 102 minutes. It's still on right now. There's a documentary. It's called Surviving the Twin Towers. And it's incredible. It's actually three three or four people who who were in each tower. And they tell the stories. And they talk about how when the planes hit, that inside the building, that their heads really literally rolled back. And yeah. how when they were going down, how when they were going down the stairs, they thought the pipes had broken because one of them was in the bathroom when when the when it hit the tower, and it ripped the pipes out of the wall. So water was going everywhere. When they got in the tower, going down the stairs, they could smell this stuff, but they really weren't thinking about it. But then they said eventually they figured it out that it was aviation fuel. Yeah. Yeah, and that it was that it was everywhere, and that it was it, eventually it would melt the metal that was that it was built on. That the that's how the frame imploded or fell down like it did. Well, here's the thing: nobody understands this, and this was part of Kathy's show today because she was a police officer in New York City. She was not in Manhattan. Um, she uh, said that there was no. They had to pipe in the water. There were no sprinklers there. So anybody above where the planes went in, they knew that they were going to die. There there was no way to help them. There was no way to rescue them because they had no way to get to them. And 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 she talked about how the the communication was uh, much better Mm -hmm. now because all their radios were crappy. Their radios didn't talk to each other. And um, right, bad. Well, that extends two points. One, could you imagine being the guy sitting on the john when that happened, giving an old push, and then (laughs) oh god, (laughs) that's not funny. Lord have mercy. Leave it to you. When Alan Jackson thinks his songs, where were you when the world stopped turning that September day? And you're sitting there, well, I just went to give a push, and I got a push right out the door. Yeah, you have to put you have to put some humor in it because if you don't, yeah. it can overwhelm you. But on a more serious note, the communications problem wasn't just New York City; it was New York State. It was the federal government. It was air traffic control. It was everything. The communication system, um, most people don't know this, but the United States was part, a lot of her satellite systems on that very day was part of a solar flare. And what happens when solar flares hit, it messes with communications. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Also, one of the one of the things in the uh this one was it sh- it was it told the air traffic controller to have the actual tape the air traffic controller said we got another plane uh not in communication get somebody on this phone that can get somebody in the air, in the air for me right now of course they never did they weren't they didn't get there soon enough no. but they realized <laughs> no. by the time that's by, before the second one hit that we were under attack yeah, as a matter of yeah. fact, there were three um, airliner, um, like, top guns in the air that were behind the second plane before it hit. They saw them. They saw them flying erratically. They saw them, their wings going back and forth. And they, so they they saw them, and the air traffic controllers told them to back off and to fly north of them. I don't know how the air traffic oh, that, controllers would have any uh, jurisdiction over them. I don't know. Yeah, All I yeah. know is what, uh, maybe it was the military. All I'm saying is, is this is audio. I can forward it to you if you'd like. But it it was intermixed with some other things that were people that were speaking to their families, some from the tower, some from the planes, and, before they hit. And um, you can hear... Uh, when they talk about, you know, the first plane hitting, and then ultimately they do show uh, um, three planes, three jet fighter jets that are in the air, and they see, they they spot the one of the planes flying erratically, and they you could hear them talking to somebody on the radio about it, and the person on the radio told them to fly north of them like they didn't know, you know, because it, it was hijacked. I mean, I don't think they knew where they were headed. And I don't, and it wasn't Flight 92 because it was that one, or there was the one that went down in Pennsylvania had already gone down. The, that post. Well, let me give you all a few things that, that um, some. I'll post well, it. You I'm, all can listen to it. Just so you know. Sorry. Well, hang on just a second, y'all. That post, um, I know about What post? I posted it on the uh, Facebook page about the Flight 93 Memorial. And I included a hyperlink to the Wikipedia site where they discussed the entire time from takeoff to where they crashed. And it was very interesting. Um, I will tell you all that had that plane not been driven into the ground, it would have been shot down by the military. Yeah. Yeah. Here's some things that that most people to this day don't know. One, the FAA ordered all planes grounded that were seven were about to be shot out of the sky. Yeah, I, uh, I that's on this audio. Well, not about the ones being shot down, but the the um, them being grounded. Yeah, that was on there. The order to ground came because there were 17 planes that were unaccounted for on their flight path. Of the 17 planes, eight of them were on the East Coast. In In what is now known as critical airspace. And the full green light had been given by POTUS to shoot them down. And there's still other stuff that to this day is classified that they're never going to declassify, not for a long time anyway. And I'm going to tell you all, y'all don't really, y'all have no idea how close we were to a very, very rough day. 
Where were the other planes? Didn't you say they were in Texas? There were several that were over in Texas airspace. Um, they don't they don't know for sure, but the assumption is that the president's house was a target. Oh boy. Listen. To the extent of damage that could have been done on 9-11, we'll never know because they grounded the planes. But the United States but knows for they, a fact. Go ahead. I was going to say, if they knew about the other planes other than the four, They did. So they, but they granted them before the hijackers took over, obviously. They did. They did on 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 several. They they got. This is another thing that most people don't know. They actually detained thirteen hijackers. I was going to say on this audio that I'm talking about, they've got the voice of one of the hijackers talking, too. They do. Uh, he, keeps talking, he keeps talking about praise Allah, and Allah is the only God. No, I didn't hear that part. He just simply he said it's being, there's a bomb on board and he's, they're being taken over. They just use clips yeah. of bits and pieces. Oh, that was, that was, yes, but when you translate the entire conversation, on the recorder, that's the majority of the conversation, talking about Allah is great. Yeah. Now, this day, it infuriates me because, listen, just know that the moves that President Bush made that day saved a lot of lives. Damn. Never. He went from fat frat boy president to a true that day as well. Yeah. Well, this is part and parcel of the problem that I have with today. It just, they don't seem to, it's weird. It's almost like there's, you know how they say that you get desensitized to certain things after you've been exposed to it long enough? I kind of feel like that's where we're we're at as a society. Well, but I I look at it not so much even as a society as much as I see it in my federal government. You know, it used to be back in the day when my parents were alive, did somebody talk talk about, you know, death to to our country? That would have been it. They would have banned whoever was wanting to come here from that country. No questions asked. And the entire country would be behind them. Well, you know, came first. Clinton Clinton knew about Bin Laden. And he was given three chances to take him out. And whether he was busy with his cigar supply or watching a football game, he turned him down three times. They knew about well, Al-Qaeda. Yeah, I had not heard okay. that. I, I had heard that bin Laden was in faith, was in good standing, in a good standing with the Americans for a long time. Bin Laden? Yeah. Well, just remember, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And yes, bin Laden was part of the CIA early on. There he was go. an asset of the CIA many, 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 many moons ago. But then when Saudi Arabia captured him, they offered him up to us in 1995 after the 93 bombings of the World Trade Center, ironically. And Clinton wouldn't take him. Oh, okay. And then he was offered up again by the Saudis, and Clinton wouldn't take him. After the USS Cole bombings, he was offered up, and Clinton wouldn't take him. Mm -hmm. 
But listen, I don't put this at the feet of I don't put this at the feet of Bill Clinton. You don't you can't you can't put this at his feet. Okay, well, nobody do. Okay, just like oh. I would put Afghanistan at Obama's feet because every move Obama was going to make in Afghanistan, he telegraphed it so that they knew. It's like announcing, oh, hey, in October of 2010, we're going to withdraw our troops down. Well, what do you think the terrorists do? They're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just stop attacking until then because they'll leave us alone. If we leave them alone, then they're going to be gone. Well, if you look at CBS today ran a story, and again, not a fan of CBS, but on today, you know, uh, that seventy percent of Afghanistan is now controlled by guess who? The Taliban. They come back again. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, well, that's just well. Well, you know, Obama called I that JV team. So you know, JV team. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. ISIS has been pretty well obliterated. And yeah, yeah. they're not completely gone. They're never going to be, just like nope. the Taliban's never going to be gone. But as much as a lot of people don't want to hear what I'm about to say, it's time we flooded Afghanistan with some U.S. troops and let's route those bastards out. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Okay. And that's part of the problem with the United States is they go in, they smash down, they beat their enemy to within an inch of their life, and then they quit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, in the in the military of my father, it's you killed that bastard until he was dead. Stab him two extra mm-hmm. times if you have to, just to confirm, and then you leave. Mm-hmm. Well, because we had almost think, hadn't we almost rounded them out until Obama took over. Hadn't that we is already, correct. You know. You know, the Taliban was almost next to nothing in 2008. Right, and then the problem that you have with that is those Afghani forces, I'm sorry, but they're cowards. Mm -hmm. Okay, and part of the problem is they don't have the same sense of honor and country that we do. In a country like that, they have a sense of honor to their tribe. Okay, everything's tribal over there. And this whole war needs to be one tribe by tribe, not, you know, it's, anyway, there's a whole new way to do it. And the United States either needs to say, okay, we're done, y'all do whatever the heck you're going to do, at which time the Taliban will take back over the country, mind you, and they'll be back under Sharia law, which right now they're not. but for 9-11 purposes, every move on 9-11, 12, 13, and 14, from a government perspective, um, I can't fault. Okay, I can't. Mm-hmm. I I happen to agree with everything that happened those days. I also agree with the war in Iraq. There's a lot of people who don't, and they gripe and complain, but I have the advantage of knowing a lot of stuff they don't. And this came directly from 9-11. The whole invasion of Iraq in 2003 came from 9-11, and the intelligence gathered as a result of 9-11. No, we can't waterboard them now. Can't waterboard. That's cruel and inhumane. Well, we'll just... Leave that okay. conversation for another time. All right. Any yeah. other thoughts, comments on nine eleven? Well, mine aren't nine eleven per se. I'll just say that I got an invitation earlier this week to um, 
tour the Smyrna Mosque uh, Friday afternoon, I'm sure, after the men prayers, because it was the women only that were invited. Oh, my God. Wow. You going to go? <laughs> what do you They're think? They're trying to change Tennessee down there, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, I understand they go after um, the people that are struggling uh, in life financially with the law, you name it, and they they uh, prey on their vulnerabilities. That's their MO. Yeah. The Latter-day Saints do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the Latter-day Saints don't go around blowing up buildings. Well, no, I'm not going because our our top cop would come and shoot me herself. I'm not going. (laughs) I'm not doing it. (laughs) But if anybody wants to look at a a, uh, woman's will in the uh, Muslim uh, religion, I've got a copy of one if you want to look at it. See if I would if I would go. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'd have to open my mouth once, and they would probably. Pop <laughs> off my head. With her head. No. What that? What really kills me is that it came Monday, nine ten, and the week of nine eleven. Oh, wow. But that is their oh, that is their wow. mo. That's their M.O. Wow. And wasn't it Obama who allowed an Islamic mosque to be built across the street from Ground Zero? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Well, it's not there because of my friend Cece. And she fought it in court tooth okay. and nail. Just really, I think it was just, I mean, it's been within the last two years that they finally got that settled. It hasn't been that long. Oh, good. Did you know also that the, the mayor of London, who is a Muslim, he defended, he's a lawyer, and he defended one of the terrorists from 9-11. Yeah. And, and Money's all green. And, yeah, really. He's ruining London. And well, all night. Well, hey, we, we have you see my post up? We have to deal with the United States and let London yeah. have their because London okay. has their own um, but as far as Here's, you know, I'm I'm going to close out uh, the program with a song, and this song came this morning. I've heard it a hundred times, but the song it came out a few years ago, and excuse me, Fabian, can I please say something first? Yeah. Okay. I, I, as some people may know, um, I've recently joined, am in the process of joining the Daughters of the American Revolution because of finding my ancestors who fought in it. And um, the chapter here recently put out a September newsletter and informed us that um, the week of September, I believe it's September 17th through the 24th, 25th, is considered a Constitution Week. So maybe we ought to focus on what it means to follow the Constitution, you know, because, um, and and we were encouraged to write articles about the Constitution um, and submit them to our local papers. And this went out nationwide. 
So, um, you know, just food for thought for all of you because we ought to be able to get a hold of our newspapers and ask them to print something for us if we wanted to submit it uh, to acknowledge Constitution Week. And I think that that's a, maybe a way to put a message out to people in the country that, you know, we're, some of us are fighting back on this and standing with our founding documents because that's the problem. Uh, our our federal government's gotten too far away from them. So anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. The guy that sings this song is a Gulf War veteran, and he came back, and, and this song, I heard it one day playing on the radio, and today I think more than any, um, what I heard on the news and I've seen, uh, I think this, this bears reminding. Uh, yeah, here we go. It's called Have You Forgotten by Daryl Worley.
We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of Political Straight Talk, or excuse me, Ragtag Radio, on behalf of the Board of Directors of Ragtag Radio and the Executive Director of Ragtag Radio. Remember, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. For those of you that want to stay tuned, we'll do a quick uh, Ragtag After Dark. And in closing out, here's Alan Jackson. Have you, oh, excuse me, where were you? Where were you when the world stopped turning? That's it.